On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, getting a gutty win over the Denver Nuggets. Vasa Micic has his best game of his career, and Chet Holmgren continues to make adjustments. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, lead beat writer over at InsideTheThunder.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into this gutty win for the Thunder over the Denver Nuggets. Chet Holmgren really gets it going and makes the adjustments even mid-game. Vasa has a career night for the Thunder and so much more on today's show. Brought to you by our good friends over at Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. This was a very interesting game for the Thunder. You walk into this game having Jokic out for Denver with lower back soreness. J-Dub is out with an ankle injury. Isaiah Joe out with a sternum bruise. And the Thunder were looking to avoid their third straight loss. That would be the first time the Thunder would have lost three straight games this year. Instead, they get a massive win despite uh, missing some key pieces. Of course, two of their better players uh, did not play in this game. The Thunder are one of just four teams that have yet to go on a three-game losing streak. Boston, Minnesota, and Milwaukee, the only other teams that have accomplished that feat so far. And this was the toughest road to hoe, especially uh, playing Denver, winning the season series three games to one now. Even without Jokic, whenever you take away J-Dub and Isaiah Joe, that hurts the Thunder uh, a lot. But of course, you know the the Nuggets missing uh, the the two-time MVP, and finals MVP and everything that Jokic is, uh, is a big deal as well. But whenever you look at this game, one of the biggest standouts was Chet Holmgren and his fantastic ability to adjust in the middle of this game. So the Thunder came into this one, and they were clearly a a little bit out of sorts at the start of the game whenever you're trying to figure out how to navigate an offense without J-Dub in it. And where to allocate those shots and and how to find uh, good opportunities to score. And of course it just changed the entire dynamic of how defenses have to guard you and, and have to respect you whenever you don't feature a lap that has SGA and J dub and Chet all in it. And that led to a couple 24 second calls and, and Mark, uh, you know, pointed out for the game as well that the thunder, you know, have rarely, rarely gotten 24 second violations, much less, you know, consecutive ones, uh, you know, in, in short order uh, in, in this game, they did that. But Chet Holmgren started out this game much like he did against Minnesota. It was it was a little discombobulated, a little bit uh, maybe hesitant a little bit at the beginning, but he quickly turned it around. Defensively is where he hung his hat, and th- and it was kind of able to build momentum, I think. He didn't score his first bucket until the end of the second quarter. 
and he, he ends up having a really good night offensively. But I think that that confidence boost of how well he played defensively played a part into that. Chet Holmgren, time and time again, continues to flash how elite he can be on the defensive end of the floor. His ability to be sealed off perfectly uh, with the offensive body positioning to seal him off at the rim, but yet still get the block without fouling is so unique and something that separates him from other shot blockers. His ability to just use his link to his advantage and understand how to use his body. How often, especially for young bigs, do you hear that they just they just don't understand how big they are and how to use their size to their advantage? And it leads to a ton of fouls. It leads to uh, a ton of you know missed opportunities and missed possessions. Chet Holmgren is able to navigate that even as a first year player, and he did it in a lot of different ways. Kind of you know. Again, chase down blocks, if you want to call it that, or just being you know, positioned behind somebody. And then also, you know, Aaron Gordon tries to put a body into him at the rim, and Chet Holmgren swats that away. It really gets the crowd ignited uh, in a game that was a rock fight. Like these two teams played a really good defense in this game all season, all, all season series long, but also specifically all this game long uh, for both sides. But Chet Holmgren is so versatile as a defender. I want to talk about his pick and roll coverage in a second, but. We've talked about his rim protection. There's been fantastic uh, breakdowns of, of how good he is at protecting the rim. He's also extremely good at not being exploited. Like You cannot play Chet Holmgren off the floor for a multitude of reasons. And that is a big deal. Like That is the biggest deal for big men. Like Look around the NBA and how many talented big men can get you there for 82, but they can't play the 16-game race because you can play them off the floor in the postseason and they just become less valuable in the postseason. That's not going to be the case with Chet Holmgren. If anything, Chet Holmgren will be the player that's playing the opposition off the floor with what he can do offensively uh, to really put you in a compromised position, as he did to Vucevic just last week in New Orleans. But defensively, the fact that he understands his length helps him defend on an island. We've seen this uh, against some of the top scores in the NBA. You saw that again against Jamal Murray, where Jamal Murray has Chet on an island uh, at the break of the three-point line, tries that step back, and it, it was just a great contest by Chet Holmgren because he's able to play off of Murray enough to not get beat off the dribble while still getting a hand in the face of the shot. And if he was beat off the dribble in that scenario, it circles back to the first point of this Chet Holmgren segment, which is how good he is at, at using his leverage to be able to get a block from behind. So the defensive stuff from him is extremely encouraging that he's this good as a rookie. And then you look into how good he is as a pick-and-roll defender, especially in drop coverage. He has the ability to play two in drop, where, where he can uh, flip the hips and get to either side. And, and really, it allows him to commit later and make the right commitment in those scenarios. And I asked Mark about this after the game, about Chet's pick-and-roll defense. And, uh, you know, he raved about how good Chet is already, but also uh, was very quick to point out that this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just scratching the surface of how good Chet will be, both because of his work ethic, because of his, you know, baseline instinct, and because of you know his, his longing for getting better and learning more about how to play the position and play in this league but also because of how difficult um, this skill set is specifically, especially within the construct of how the Thunder play, 
uh, with their with their heavy rotational system. But Chet Holmgren had four blocks at halftime. He finishes this game with five blocks, which doesn't even truly encapsulate just how good he was on that end because there were so many other instances of rim deterrence and, and, and rim contests that don't go down as blocks or could go down as as humongous stats in the, in the in the box score. But if you watch, you saw just how important he was. This is his uh, you know five five shot blocking game. This marks his sixth game of five or more blocks in one single contest. That's awesome for a rookie big man as he putting that up. And, and you know, the, the big thing is we talked about his fatigue against Minnesota. And, and after this game, Chet did admit uh, that, you know, he, he, he is tired and that this was a difficult part of the schedule. And that's the case for every player on the roster and any team who would have to go through what the Thunder have been through of playing the most amount of games you're allowed to play in a single month, playing five back-to-backs, mainly on the road, mainly without any homestands. Like Mark brought up a great point in pregame about you know how even when the Thunder did get a break, so to say, and get to play at home, it was a one-off game at home, and then you're right back on the road for the majority of this month. And so, of course, you know you get tired in that aspect, but Chet's ability to fight through that and to play in this game and to fight through the fatigue even within this game was really good. And then you get to the offensive side of the basketball where he once again displayed the killer instinct and the natural the natural kind of fit of being a game ender. Some guys rise to the occasion, some guys want to be in that spotlight, some guys crave that that moment. Others shy away from it. Others defer. Others just want to be in the background, so to say. Chet Holmgren wants to make the play. He wants to take the shot. He wants the pressure on him. You saw it in Golden State. You've seen it throughout this season. And you saw it again on kind of this weird scramble play, which starts with Josh Giddy taking this off-balance elbow jumper. The long miss goes out to Giddy. Giddy fires it over to Chet. And to hear Chet process that play also puts into perspective how quickly all this stuff happens. Then an NBA game where he he gets the basketball from from Josh Giddy. He's open. He's able to shoot. But before he even lets that shot off, he's thinking to himself, you know, down in the shot clock, this is either going to be a, a violation and the Nuggets get the ball back down one, or I can hit this three or and at least attempt this three and have, and, and give the Thunder the chance uh, to be up by four, which is what he was able to do hitting that three. I thought he also, as the game went on, was way more decisive uh, and, and way more exploitive. Of, of what Denver was trying to do. Denver actually kind of tried to match the Thunder playing small, and they they used their ability to swarm the paint uh, to really cause chaos at the beginning of this contest, which led to some of those shot clock violations of swarming the paint with Chet once he got the ball inside, uh, kind of just collapsing onto him. But as the game went on, one of the biggest adjustments that he made was as soon as he got the entry pass, he just went up with it. And he did that uh, to Jamal Murray, who he had sealed on his back, he did that to Michael Porter Jr. as well uh, on, a, on a putback. Like he was just able to to be more decisive with the ball, and you saw that he was able to capitalize on driving kicks by simply being ready for uh, a shot off the catch. We talked a lot about that against Minnesota, where uh, there were times in that game, and there's been times this season where he's looking off the catch to make the next play and to make the next read rather than take the shot, uh, and that can cost him some some big opportunities. He was much better at that in this game. And then 
this is going to be a more natural evolution of his of his game, and it's something that we've kind of seen throughout the, the season so far was when he had Jamal Murray on him in the mid-range. He puts his back to Murray, backs him down, and goes in the paint and gets a nice layup. The putback jam of Dort's miss, 7 for 13, 13 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 blocks, 16 points, was a plus 13 in this game. Chet Holmgren made the difference. Chet Holmgren made game-winning plays. And Chet Holmgren made adjustments on the fly. And for you to be able to do that, kind of as a rookie and be able to do that uh, in such a grueling month and against such a good team just shows the, the ceiling of what Chet Holmgren can be eventually as he continues to progress and continues on this pathway. We'll talk about this game more, including Vasa's big night. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Prize Picks. Check out Prize Picks. Go there right now because Prize Picks is awesome. It's available in Oklahoma. Prize Picks is uh, this awesome daily fantasy app where it's just you versus the projected numbers. So you pick two to six players and you just say, well, they have more or less than their prize pick projections. You can even do cross sport entries. So you can combine the NBA and college basketball, the NBA and NHL, the NBA and the big game over in the NFL next weekend. You can do whatever you want at prize picks. Now, my personal favorite thing about prize picks is the fact that, you know, if you're listening to a daily podcast right now, I appreciate you. You're likely a huge NBA fan and you know how this thing works. You can be thinking to yourself, well, if I set my prize pick entry at, you know, 9 a.m. and then I go through my life and get home and turn the game on for, for opening tip and then realize one of my players that I entered into this entry is no longer playing, just out of nowhere was, was scratched or put on the injured list. What happens then? Well, Prize Picks is the only place to offer you this reboot policy, which is an injury uh, insurance policy for you to make sure that you are protected in that case, which is a big deal, especially whenever you're looking at the NBA. So check it out today at prizepicks.com. Go there right now to prizepicks.com slash LockedInNBA. Uh, use code LockedInNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Check out the Lockdown Sports Today YouTube channel as well. It's a 24-hour live stream of all of the biggest stories around the sports world. Let's talk Vasa Micic, who's the biggest story right now around Bricktown. This is the first time in his NBA career that he's reached double figures as a score. It was 12 points in this game. Previous high was eight. He had a career best in free throw attempts as well. And I think that those two stats kind of exemplify just how much you know more in control, more comfortable, and most importantly, more aggressive that Mitic was in this game than in past games. And it's been building to this point. This is what we expected from Mitic. Come into his own in January. He was very transparent all throughout training camp about how uh, you know, he's having to adjust to the NBA, about how the, the pace of play is different, the style of play is different, the physical court is different, the rules are different. There's so much new, even for a, a 29-year-old, now 30-year-old rookie, that it was going to take an adjustment period. But he's clearly a lot more comfortable 
now. And doing this against Denver is a big deal. You know, the elite pass out to Wiggins on the driving kick for three. He had a great feed to Jay Will, just a, a hot potato, just how do you do hit a head pass to, to Jay Will in the paint uh, for a turnaround finish. And this extends beyond just the offensive end. There is a sequence on defense that I thought was the most important part of Mitrich's game where he makes the right read in rotation, picking up MPJ in the corner. Now, in, on this play, Mitrich does fall down and, 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 it, and it doesn't uh, pan out, but it just is the simple act of understanding who was his responsibility. That is something that he looked to be struggling with uh, in his previous uh, opportunities in the NBA. That allowed Chet to fly out to the slot and allowed the Thunder to have a body on everybody against Denver. Again, this is a very tough thing for him to get used to and him to understand uh, in, in a in a vastly different defensive style than what is played you know overseas in, in the Euro leagues especially. And so defensively he's truly coming into his own and just simply you know getting the hang of it more and more and offensively you saw him get some really tough finishes through traffic showing some burst to get to the rim turning the corner uh and and rising up within the trees and what i think is so good about Mitrich's game is that it can unlock a new level for the thunder look we 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 can talk all year long about how young this team is about what young teams typically do or don't do. And and for me, I've been talking about how I don't believe this team will forget how to play basketball come come April. But in those big games, think about how much time you have from now until the postseason. And and if Mitrich is here already and you give him this runway of, of February, March, and then into the postseason, if you have this 30 year old proven winner, who's proven to be able to orchestrate offenses and calm everyone down and make big shots and make the right decision in key spots and handle pressure. If you have him steadying the waters in the second unit and you have uh, what I believe is the MVP favorite right now in SGA, that makes you a force to be reckoned with no matter what anyone's birth certificate says. So getting that winner in Mijic, who's won two EuroLeague MVPs, won two EuroLeague titles, and has played 14 seasons of professional basketball, of high-level professional basketball. That's the stuff you can't teach. That's the stuff that allows you to blend such a fascinating and good young group with a, a winning now mentality, so to say. You know, I asked Mijic about adjusting to the NBA and kind of where he thinks that he's came from the training camp to now. And he mentioned that, you know, the, the style of Thunder play is very specific, mainly four small players, a lot of aggressiveness, and then playing with Chet Holmgren, who's capable of doing a lot of things that a guard does is, is a very interesting uh, system to be a part of. And it's something that you have to get used to, but once you understand how to play with the ball, it's easier to adjust to, and you're seeing him pick those things up. And I, I think that, you know, you can get so myopic about what the NBA is, that you can forget that, like, yeah, he's probably never played with some seven-footer who plays like a guard before. That is new for a guy who typically runs the show, much less anything else. Just that simple fact. It is it is interesting to see how this will unfold the rest of the season. 12 points in this one, two rebounds, five assists, the team best plus 14 in this game. Vasa Micic made his presence felt 
And I think that the most encouraging part is that he's turned the corner this quickly to do it against Denver and to play well all of January whenever he's gotten his opportunities. I think that they'll continue to grow as we predicted in the in the summertime, uh, much less in the preseason. And I think that it could be, you know, uh, one thing that happens a lot in baseball is that a player will get hurt for a, a large chunk of the first half of the season. Then they'll come off the IL and, and, and baseball teams will say, well, that was our trade deadline acquisition. That's not going to be the case for Oklahoma City. I think that they're still going to go make a move. But this is like a artificial trade deadline move to kind of have him step up in this spot. Uh, again, I still think that the Thunder will go make additional moves at the deadline and improve this roster, especially in the margins. But uh, you know, if, if Vasa can can continue to play this way, it's as if he's also an addition uh, to this roster. I want to talk J. Will? I thought J. Will was awesome playing alongside Chet Holmgren uh, and the Thunder. You know, were actually the team playing big. They were playing dueling bigs against a smaller lineup in Denver. But yet, the the difference for Oklahoma City is that when they choose to go big and they choose to roll out dueling bigs, they can still stay true to their identity of this versatile, fast-paced you know, team. Because Jay Will is a fantastic playmaker in the high post, and he doesn't necessarily bog down either end of the floor. And in these spurts, he makes the right decisions and he makes the right plays. He took a big charge to get the third foul on Paul Watson in the on a Peyton Watson, Michael Martin, you owe me like five bucks for accidentally saying Paul Watson because that's what he tweeted this this uh, this evening. But Peyton Watson got his third foul in the first half because of a J. Will charge, uh, and then Kinrich takes a charge after that on Gordon, and it just ignites something special in this team. Whenever you're seeing these hustle plays get made, the charges, the diving for loose balls, and you saw those plays stack on top, on top of each other for eventually the Thunder to break through and get a big win. Uh, Jay will absolutely wiped out Jamal Murray on a screen, which allowed Lou Dort to drive at the rim and not be double teamed and get an and one over Watson. Uh, I thought that, that was an impressive display with, with, with Jay will continuing to, imp- to improve as a screen setter, something that he was lacking last October, even in the G league, then he got better at it in the G league. Then he got better at it at the NBA level. And now he's really good at setting screens, DHOs, uh, and things of that nature, handoffs and and, and everything else, and, and pitches to to his guards. Those things are big for Jay Will and for the Thunder as he continues to impress off the bench at the end of January. Like he's been a really really good player uh, for the Thunder the last couple of weeks, uh, and was a good player last year. And I think that he can really help this team in these doses. And exploring him and Chet more together has been working for the Thunder, and it's been working specifically against Denver as they did this. You know, the last time these two teams played, one of the best games of the year. So. Nine points, three boards, two assists, a block, a charge, 66% from the floor for Jay Will. Let's talk SGA's MVP candidacy and why this game was a staple of his MVP caliber uh, performance this season. Wiggins and Josh Giddy, plus the entire overview of this contest. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at FanDuel. Check out fanduel.com slash locked on. Folks, Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate and FanDuel's America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. You can go to that right now uh, uh, on FanDuel because you want to end the season with a massive W or two or three. So go right now uh, and, and bet on Super Bowl 58. FanDuel also uh, will, will, will have you make bets if you want to on 
which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, what color Gatorade will be poured on the coach, everything you can think of. And new customers today uh, will get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of over $5 of $5 or more wins. So go check it out today because that's that's $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins just by going to fanduel.com slash locked on as a new customer. That's fanduel.com slash locked on as a new customer. And don't worry if you're not a football fan, they still have the NBA, which has a fantastic slate of games coming up, such as the Indiana Pacers traveling to New York to take on uh, the Knicks Pacers plus three and a half on the road. Uh, Might be an interesting line to take there at FanDuel. Check them out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. I thought SGA showed off his elite awareness. He is you know, top one, two in the league at understanding what coverages are being thrown at him, what the pickup point is, and how to counter the pressure from the defense. One one play in particular was with Gordon, you know, storming down the lane, about to block his shot, but because he puts that high loft arcing uh, layup attempt up there off the high glass, Gordon can't get to it, and it's a bucket for the Thunder and for SGA. I think that this game showed his leadership qualities. It felt like he kept everyone in check and kept the emotions in check because you you lost a game to Detroit where you just did not perform at all close to your standards. You faltered late against Minnesota, and you know you you start to you know you lose Jada and Joe in that game, and you can easily see where. So what Chet Holmgren was able to do was to adjust to this game, but what SGA was able to do was show off his all around awareness for what coverages or pressure or pickup points the defense threw at him. One key part of that was his ability to loft this layup high off the glass and avoid a Aaron Gordon running down the lane at him trying to block the shot. But his leadership skills were on full display. It felt like he was able to keep everything in check and make sure that the emotions of the game never got out of hand. It felt like at times the Thunder were fighting that uphill battle uh, whenever they were trying at first to adjust to what things looked like without two very key contributors. One thing that SGA did also was adjust to a different style of play. Credit to this officiating crew. I know that we usually talk about officials whenever they do something wrong, but there was nothing particularly wrong about what the officials did. It's just the style that they called this game was very much let them play. Let them play physically. Let them play aggressive and hard without blowing the whistle a ton. And sometimes when crews have that mindset, you see it shift and change midway through or especially late in games. But to the credit of this crew, for 48 minutes, it was the same physicality level for each team. And again, the, the Thunder were having to adjust to that uh, whistle you know, whistle or lack thereof uh, at the start of this game as well. SGA hit a, a massive step back three to put the Thunder up 10. And off of that step back three, he chases down Jamal Murray at the rim as the Nuggets try to get some artificial transition points. In this game, SGA logged his 8,000th career point uh, during this 34-point performance against Denver. I think that Aaron Wiggins is one of the most important bench weapons that you can have. 
Wiggins right now is shooting a career high 43% on corner threes, 60% on non-corner threes, and 52% overall from beyond the arc. Wiggins ranks in the 99th percentile on catch-and-shoot jumpers, according to Synergy. He got to those reverse finishes twice for 12 points, four rebounds, two assists, two for three from three, 62% from the floor. His floor spacing, his shooting prowess, his switchability defensively, his overall engagement in the game, his ability to run the run transition, his ability to cut in the half court, his ability to be in the right place at the right time offensively to allow the Thunder to uh, manipulate their offense is huge, and he just brings the juice every juice to make your screwdrivers in the morning all right on a saturday brunch he's gonna supply the juice so wiggins was just fantastic in this contest you know i think that josh giddy obviously struggled not not a good overall game from him eight points nine boards five assists but it was on two of 11 shooting uh he had a block and was a minus two in this game uh you know he just could not get it going inside the arc over two from three two for 11 overall uh you know he, he was not good defensively uh Right now, it's, I think, awkward to find what would be the perfect lineup for him and the perfect uh, players to play a- around him. And I think that you saw the Thunder adjust. Like, he played 25 minutes in this game, and that you have to you know kind of grade that on a scale. 25 minutes in a game where J-Dub gets zero and, and Joe gets zero because they're inactive, that, that's not all that much. Like, you had to play somebody. You had to, you had to lean on somebody, and he was able to play. Uh, but I think that the biggest, you know, piece of kudos you can give to Josh Giddy is that he was able to to keep battling through some of those struggles like that fantastic underhand you know spin pass uh, off the bounce to Aaron Wiggins for a reverse finish uh, he got his own long miss uh, off of a kind of off balance elbow jumper that we talked about earlier and off that miss he fires it over to Chet who splashes home the three uh, with 22 seconds left uh, and Denver calls the timeout off of it you know those are two massive plays that that really add up in such a competitive game uh, that Josh Giddy was in the center of. So to his credit, he was able to, to stay uh, kind of engaged in that aspect. But the Thunder won this game uh, as each team grew a 13-point lead at one point, six lead changes, four ties. Uh, the Thunder out-rebounded Denver 53-47, to 47, but they did have more turnovers than Denver, 11-8. to 8. That's typically reversed for OKC. The Thunder won points in the paint 50-34. to 34. They won fast break points by three. But Denver still, despite getting out-rebounded, won the second chance opportunities because they got more offensive rebounds, uh, you know, you know, and in more timely spots, I should say. Plus, you had the Aaron Gordon put back reverse slam, which was awesome. 20 uh, to 17. OKC shot 42, 42, 80. Denver shot 39, 40, uh, 68 from the free throw line for Denver. Now the Thunder grew their largest lead in the in the fourth quarter, punching the Nuggets without Shea or J Dub. And that's just another testament to the resiliency and just the the guts of this team overall. This is a extremely fun Thunder team that that is is playing better than you could have ever imagined and it's really really fun to to sit back and just enjoy this ride of what the Thunder are doing. MVP of this game is Chet Holmgren. Uh Friday we're going to have a very special guest join the show. Saturday a Hornets recap. Monday, a Raptors recap. Tuesday, another special guest, this time talking trades. Now, with that guest on Tuesday, we're going to take your fake trade submissions. So put them in uh, right now uh, on YouTube, on Twitter, at Rylan underscore Styles on YouTube, Lockdown Thunder. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms because we're still coming at you Wednesday, 
Jazz recap. Thursday, trade deadline preview. Friday, trade deadline recap. Sunday, Mavericks recap. Monday, Kings recap. And we were, we were all booked up uh, for the next couple of weeks and beyond. This is a five-day week show with bonus pods on the weekend as necessary. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. It's a lot of fun. And again, check out InsideTheThunder.com uh, for a lot of fun written content, especially the debut of style points uh, on the website this morning, already up uh, at 6.30 this morning. So check that out as well. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.